0: This is the MIBTONLINE.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTONLINE.com. Now, here's the show. About 35 years ago, I think, this was. Formation Shuffle. I'm dancing as good as the Chicago Bears did back in 1985. That's what they were doing. Remember this one? We are the Bears shuffling people. Shuffling on down, doing it for you. We're so bad, you know we're good. Blowing your mind like you knew we would. You know, we're just strutting for fun. Strutting ourselves for everyone. We're not here to start no trouble. We're just here to do the formation shuffle tonight. I'm Tim Keefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our meeting. We're going we're to get rid of that. We're going to get rid of the. You know, like I wish I had the record. You know, shut that sucker off. How's everybody doing? Welcome. It's a crazy night, you know. Starting out with the formation shuffle. How about it? Like I said, Tim Keefer, MIBTOnline.com. It's our weekly meeting. Thanks for being here. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday night. It's like crazy weather all across the country. I think it was like 100 degrees in Denver on Sunday, and then they got a blizzard on Tuesday. Go figure. You know, it's and here in the Illinois area it was 85, and now it's 65, and it's just wild, wacky stuff. But we're here to talk about football because there's football going on all over the place. Not here in Illinois, not on the West Coast, not in Connecticut maybe in some parts. We'll talk to Mike Billick about that but uh, later. But I'm Jim Kiefer, and thanks for, for being here. So I'm gonna get this PowerPoint up and running so that way we can talk about what we're gonna to do tonight. So, like I said, it's a formation shuffle. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. So this is our meeting for September 9th. We'll do announcements as we normally do. Play of the week, how about it? Legal formation or not? Then we'll get into that formation discussion that we've been waiting to have for a couple of weeks. And then we'll have the play for this week. And then we'll do the call and questions. But we're actually gonna probably do that a little bit early but I'll get into that in just one moment. So here's the announcement. I always bring up the announcement page just to remind everybody what's going on. Podcasts, we'll get that up by tomorrow. Uh, Facebook page, tell your friends. Nobody's liking us. Robert, no one's liking us, man. You guys aren't. Get, get that word out. If you've got a whole list of officials in your association, send them this link. Just say, hey, go, be, go like that Facebook page because it doesn't cost them anything. Same thing about Twitter. Hey, we're out on Twitter do that YouTube. Hey, our, our subscribers are, are going up. We need more, so help us out there. Just spread the word. It doesn't cost anybody anything. Apparel. So if you go to the apparel page right now, you'll see the, the, the company that we use. Uh, I was told, talked to Robert that it's gonna be up and running. Hopefully you can get more apparel here. They kind of do them in lots. So we're gonna hopefully have a new lot coming through. So if you want a sh- cool shirt like this, you can get it. So that's uh, the quick announcements. And this is the play of the week. And here's the formation that we were talking about. But before we go that, let's run around the panel here real quick. I'm going to bring in Robert in first tonight, because I usually bring him in last. I'm going to bring him in first. Robert, remember the 85 Super Bowl shuffle?
1: Tim, we need some of that magic here in 2020, 2021, (laughs) man. Those were some of the best days of my life. So yes, I remember the Super Bowl shuffle. All
0: right. So we're going to go around the panel in the virtual land, and I'm going to ask them to be quiet unless we're talking to them, because they may jump around. were, We're having... We've got to figure out what's going on with that. But uh, let's start out. I saw Mike Billica here. Mike, how you doing today? We missed you last week, uh, but I'm glad you're here. I heard Connecticut. I heard, like, some conferences are saying no go. Is that right?
2: They actually made the decision. They officially decided that Connecticut will not have high school football this fall, and the uh, state association decided to be a little bit snarky and say that if there's no football this fall, we're not having it at all, uh, not for the whole year. So uh, we're going to see about that, though. We'll see. Hopefully, we can get him to bring it back in the spring.
0: Yeah, hopefully. That seems odd. Oh, well. But thanks for being here, Mike. Got, uh, let's go to Stan. Stan Brown from Alabama is here. Stan, he doesn't, he's doesn't. he been working football. He sends me plays all the time. Stan, how are you doing?
3: <laughs> uh, doing well. I've decided to uh, take the week. I'm taking the week off, uh, resting the legs. And we don't have that many games to cover Friday night. And so I'm sharing the, the love with some of my other uh, Co officials and uh, just looking forward to um, hearing about their games and seeing their films uh, when they come in on this weekend.
0: It's great to hear, Stan. And of course, this man, he was on the game of the week on ESPN. In fact, one of our guys, uh, knew one of our new members, Scott Kennedy, who's uh, basically a baseball guy, but he wants to be a member of our association, he texts me and he's like, Is that the Bill Lamanye that you have? I'm like, yeah, that's our guy, Bill Monie, National TV's correspondent, ESPN rural analyst. He had to debut this week from his studio right there, and he got on a couple uh, times. Hey, Bill, tell us. I know people want to hear. Tell us about how that went for you to, uh, um, on uh, Saturday. It was, or, I'm sorry, it was a uh, Monday night, wasn't it? Or was it yeah. Sunday? Yeah, it was Monday night.
4: Yeah, it's it's hard to keep track of the days, I guess, Tim. But and that's how it's been all since last spring here, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's different. Um, in some ways awkward, uh, it's, you know, it's nice to be at the stadium. It's nice to be around the, the game with the crowd. I miss cause usually I go down and have uh, time with the officials at the locker room or out on the field before the game. So that part of it there it was like, there was a void that, that you missed. So, um, you know, the equipment they provided and everything else is, is top notch. Um, Some technical difficulties like you're experiencing, and um, we were able to get those resolved, and um, and we'll uh, get it going again this week. Uh, We have the Wake Forest Clemson game, so um, we'll see how that one goes. But um, you know, overall, good start to the season. The electronic whistle situation was interesting. Uh, You know, uh, it's raised more attention with announcers and coaches. Nobody ever paid attention to our whistles in the past, but now all of a sudden everybody's concerned they don't hear our whistles loud enough, long enough, etc. so.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's the electronic whistles. When I was watching the game, it was odd to hear them. I thought it sounded like crickets, stuff like that, but uh, anyway, so. We appreciate everybody here watching uh, MIBT online play of the week. Now we're going to get right to that MIBTOnline.com play of the week. We'll go back to it. And this was a, a, a nice one. It was, we had, we had the formation. And so if we go and we look at the results, so it was a real simple question this week. Is this formation legal? Uh, yes. 10%, no 90%. So 90% of the people thought this formation was not legal. As we've been doing, here are some of the comments from the email that I got. Donnie said no. Andy S. said yes. Uh, yes, he had this as a legal formation. Angle not square to the line of scrimmage. That's a great point. Uh, you know, we, we like to make sure we're looking down, so that I appreciate that. Mike H. said he had no. This was not legal, but he also mentioned the camera angle. John D., uh, no, but talk to first. We're going to get into that a little bit tonight. Scott D., no, illegal formation. Mike H., nope. Now here's some of the comments from twitter len n tackle wide out in the backfield okay ronnie e i count six in the backfield that would make that an illegal formation tristan r 100 percent illegal and mike b this is what he said nip that in the bud for those of you barney fife how about it so let's go to the rule book all right so this is the thing that we've been trying to do you know, we've got the formations, we've got the plays, we try to have the rule references to go with them, so that can open up our discussion as to how we're basing our philosophy off of the rule. So right out of the rule book when it comes to this, 7-2-1, after the ready for play, all players must be must momentarily be within the nine-yard marks, the numbers. We're going to get into that here in a little bit, but I want to make sure that everybody's aware of that, that rule we're going to be talking about tonight, Seven two three. this is a goofy one. Uh, player, play A, or players of A who are not on their line at the snap, uh, only one may penetrate the vertical plane through the waistline of the nearest teammate who is on the line and must have his hands in position to receive the snap. What does all that garbage say? It says the quarterback can be in no man's land. This rule specifically is is in there so that way it allows the quarterback to kind of be in that no man's land. Okay. So now here's the other rule for you know rule thing here. Um, 725, No more than 4 A players in the, uh, in the backfield. So that's 725. And the other thing is is at the snap, at least 5 A players numbered 50 through 79 must be on the line of scrimmage. Okay? So we're seeing those going on right now. So that's right out of the rule book, OK? So just remember these things as we continue to discuss. Where we're going. 2-32-3 about back. Any A player who has no part of the body breaking the plane uh, of the waist of the nearest teammate on the line of scrimmage except 7-2-3. So that 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 quarterback exception, the, the no man's line. So that's how a back is defined. So we know who's a back and who is a lineman. Right out of the two dash thirty two dash nine. A lineman is any a player facing opponent's goal line With head or foot breaking the plane of the waist of the snapper remember that head or foot breaking the plane the waist of the snapper so these are our rules as to how we judge and determine whether or not formations are legal so let's go to the video and we'll do that here in a second everything good we all we we all good Oh, okay, hmm, interesting. Uh, All right, well, let's go to the video. All right, we're gonna pull up the plays for this week. Oh, by the way, before we do that, all right, so what I wanna do before before that is, I want, uh, I'm gonna put up the phone line. So normally we do the phone line at the end of the show. I want some discussion, okay? You can discuss through chat, that's great. We can discuss through chat if need be. You can also discuss. Um, you can call us here at uh, 402-256-MIBT if you've got a comment or something like that, or maybe you want to add to the discussion. We'll bring some people in. We're not going to. We're not going to get bogged down, but I would like to hear what you have to say if you're out there and you want to participate in this discussion. And I'm going to try to get to everybody. You know, hopefully we will. If I miss you, don't take it personal. But if you can call in and you've got something, you know, a comment about this formation or anything that we're talking about tonight, please feel free to do so. And like I said, I'll try to, try to get to you. So 402-256-MIBT, 402-256-6428. All right, we'll go back to the play now and we're going to go, we're going to on this. So we'll start out and we're going to have this discussion. We're going to look at the formation. So everybody, we talked about the rule and what is and what isn't an illegal formation and, and what could be called. So let's break down the players. So we're going to go to the players and we're going to look. So our, our center is established here. It looks like right around the 42 yard line is where the ball is. And our center is right here. That's his, that would be his waist. So if we kind of just draw up here, you know, we can kind of see that, you know, I know it's a little crooked, but is, does this tackle, have anything breaking the waist of the center. And it looks like that it it might not be from from this angle. And based off of looking at the field, he's probably not on the line of scrimmage where he needs to be. So my first question, before we get into the results of the play, I want to go run around the panel and and talk to people about game interrupters. And is this a game interrupter fault? Is this an advantage? Is it, who cares if the tackle is there? Is he really gaining an advantage or not? Is it worth the call? So I'm gonna start out with Bill on this one. Bill, when it comes to these tackles that are off the line of scrimmage, is this a game interrupt or foul? Is this something that we should just you know pass on or, or how should we handle this? Well, it's, it, I'm gonna give you a yes, no answer
4: on that. Um, depends where you're at in the game. Um, You know, one of the things that uh, I had a headlinesman, Brent Durbin, still works in the Big Ten. Uh, Durbin was a headlinesman, and we used to play good cop, bad cop with these tackles. And he'd give me, you know, give me the signal and tell me the number of the player that that was maybe borderline or getting back a little too far. And I'd go back to the huddle and I'd look and I'd say, hey, 76. I said, I can't believe my headlinesman gave you a break on this one. Because he, usually he's got three flags by this time of the game for illegal formations. But I said, he told me, if you don't get up on that line the very next time, the flag's going down. So all I can do is I'm trying to help you out here. Get up on that line. And usually that tackle, you know, these big guys, 370 pounds, they look at you and they go, hey, thanks, ref. I really appreciate it. You know, we <laughs> be better because I tell you, he, he's an SOB over there wanting to get these formation calls. He leads the league. In, in formation pops. Now Durbin hardly ever called them, you know. I mean, it had to be atrocious for Durbin to call it. But the guy'd go up and he'd look at Durbin and Durbin give him a stern look and you know, and mark it, and the guy'd get on the line and the guy started inching back plays later, then uh, you know, we'd play the game again and play good cop, bad cop. And it usually solved the problem. But the other key part to that is it's one thing to talk to the kid, you better get the message to the coach. Because you want to take the argument away from the coach. If you end up having to flag it later in the game, what's the coach going to say? Well, Gee, Bill, I know you talked to him, but why did you talk to me? I would have fixed it. Well, if you talked to the coach, that just took that argument away. You talked to the kid. You talked to the coach. Now, if it's that blatant and it has to be called, hey, it's, not, it's a coaching foul. It's not a player foul anymore. It's a coaching
0: foul, Okay. So those were – of the things. Well, and I, and I think that's important in, in a distinction of there are times where we could utilize those tactics. And I think preventive officiating is what we do a lot. But at other times, you know, if they're not listening, you know, at some point you just, you're going to have to call it. And maybe this could have been the case here. So um, I want to go, go back to the play. We're going to go wide on this. And this is what you're going to see happens on the play. Now, in this game, this tackle was I if I was a coach, I would know every single time when they were going to run this play because this this tackle would get way back off the line because here's what happens. So watch the play, you'll see the tackle he pulls. Every time if he pulls, that he was he was back. And then he runs up and now ends up happening, he gets a potential advantage, a, a, an extra step which which hits a block to free the quarterback for a touchdown. So that's where you have to ask yourself, is at this point is this player gaining an advantage by being back like that? Now a lot of times we we'll see it in pass blocking, but and sometimes it could be on a pull. And like I said, this this uh, tackle was doing this a lot and you would know when he was getting ready to pull because he would he would come back off the line I'm going to throw things over to Robert, because I know Robert might have a comment himself, but there's probably some stuff in the chat, since it doesn't look like uh, anybody's uh, wanting to call in on this. But maybe they will here in a minute. So go ahead, Robert.
1: Yeah, no one's chatted or uh, texted in, so please give us your comments. Uh, you know, Relative to this play, I can, I can certainly tell you that the, uh, the wingman did finish the play. Uh, I was the back judge on the goal line, and I looked to the wingman there on that side of the... Uh, formation. And, uh, he gave me a thumbs up that the runner was clean down the sideline. And I knew that the ball broke the plane. So we went up for a touchdown. So I know he finished the play as far as the starting the play. We can talk about that.
0: Okay. So that's, I just, you know, the, the advantage, disadvantage, when does it fall into where it now is no longer this a talk to when are they gaining an advantage in regards to these type of formation? So, um, okay, let's go. So Bill's got a comment. Bill, yeah, go ahead. I was
4: just saying, though, you know, you don't know. You're making the decision prior to the snap whether you're going to call this or not, based on if you're giving them a warning, talking to the coach, etc. I have no idea if this is going to be a loss on the play, gain some yardage, or score a touchdown. So, you know, I I can't afterwards say to myself, well, you know, I should have flagged that one. You know, they got a touchdown out of this. I, I don't know. I can't predict what they're going to do on it. I have to make a judgment depending on where we're at in the game and where I've communicated or not communicated if this is going to be called or not. So, you know, just because this one ended up as a touchdown, um, I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it if we didn't call it, you know. Uh, we, we just need to make sure we get to the coach and not let it happen again. You know, a few years – and I'm going to go – 12, 13 years now at least, the NCAA emphasized this in a preseason training tape, and they were showing these same tackles off the line, and three plays in a row, they showed this tackle who was obviously off, you know, way back off the line. And the mistake they made on these plays was that every time they – and they were just preaching how what an advantage, what an advantage he gets – well, now they ran the play, and each time the defensive tackle across from them split the gap and sacked the, the runner or the quarterback. So it was kind of like, well, exactly what advantage did they get? They just used – I mean, I understood what they were saying, but they used the wrong plays to demonstrate. They should have just showed the formation and left it alone like you did. Don't show the play.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I think my point – not I know it, it resulted in a touchdown, but the point was, does the tackle gain an advantage on the block? That frees it for the touch, regardless of what happens. Is he gaining? Because we talk about that. That's our whole point. Is this an advantage? Does the, does the tackle gain an advantage, regardless of what happened in the play, on you know, lining up like this? And obviously it's not, you know, we went through the rule, and we use philosophy to use the rules and stuff. But, but I mean, that's, I guess, the question. I know I saw Robert's got something. Robert, what do you got?
1: Just because, you know, our crew was on this game, in the pregame, we talk about, you know, the first series for each unit. So if it's the first series of an offensive unit, you know, you, you basically give a pass and you're able to communicate to that first unit, you know, if they need to get up on the line, if if they, if they tend to be lining up off uh, the line of scrimmage. Likewise, in the next, the first field goal unit or the first scrimmage kick unit, you give them that, uh, you know, that opportunity to communicate, to correct themselves so that's something that i know our crew talked about um i know that that our crew doesn't like game interrupters uh so in this particular situation it it does go a little bit on crew philosophy on when when you feel that you want to uh correct a situation without bringing too much attention to it obviously we had no idea what the outcome of the play is going to be but to to the main core discussion did he have an advantage by being off the line clearly you know on a pulling play he certainly saved a step. There's no question about it. Which leads me to my last question, and that's from a viewer. A viewer wants to know, since he's off the line of scrimmage and his receiving teammate appears to also be aligned with him, is he then considered on the line of scrimmage if it was a passing play? See, that's a great,
0: great question. And I want to go back – let me go back to it here real quick because we do have a caller. We'll get to the caller in just a second. But let's go back to the play. I, Based off of our rule discussion – I was even thinking that, and we'll go wide on it. You know, you're looking at it like, okay, so this receiver up here at the top, if he's lining off of this receiver, then now does that put him in the backfield as well because he thinks the tackle is on the line and he's lining, off, he's lining himself off the tackle. I think because based off of his head and his foot, you know, all he has to do is break, break the, you know, the plane there. We're close enough on that guy, but that can create that domino effect. And, um, if that happens then, then that if one's off, that's going to put, it doesn't matter if there's five or six in the backfield. Once you get to that five threshold, we can put them all in the backfield because we're going to have the same penalty. So hopefully that answers the question. So, uh, we do have a caller, so we're going to bring the caller in. Hopefully, uh, he'll, come will come up Be from the, uh, six, three, zero area code. Go tell me your name and, uh, where you call from. So 630, you're, you're on the uh, air. Hopefully uh, you can hear us. Maybe not. I don't know. It shows that they're on the air. Well, they're not taught. Maybe they can hear us, but we can't, we can't hear them. We're not, we're not muted over here. So, all right. We're just making sure you're not muted. Well, we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll uh, put you back in the queue and maybe we'll, maybe we'll try this again. So um, anyway, so we'll go, we'll go back to, uh, We'll go back to our videos here and we'll go to our next formation. So let's go to our next formation and we'll, uh, we'll go wide on this here in a, uh, in a second. All right. So, um, uh, okay. So here's our next formation. So now you have to ask yourself, go wide on it and we'll, we're going to see, we're going to look at the, the, the concepts that we're talking about. So I want to focus in let's let them get set. So now we're set. Now look at the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage is right here, about the about the 47-yard line. And so we have one, two, three, four. We have four in the backfield. Okay? Now what about this, this receiver up here? Where is, where is he? And that's the question: is like, is he breaking the waist you know, of that player right there? Because if you look at, if you just look at the yardage here, look at this. It's about a yard. So he's about a yard in the backfield based off of the ball. But this is one of those where we don't want to have the best eyes in the game. As long as he's touching, he's breaking this, and these guys are all lined up. We're good. This guy's on the line. This official has ruled that that player is on the line. I want to go to over to Mike, Mike Billica right now. Mike, obviously we don't want to split hairs. We don't have the best eyes in the game and we want our formations to be legal unlike maybe our first one, but this is one where I'm not gonna say, you know, I, I'm getting out my micrometer. If as long as it's lined up, we're gonna, we're gonna be pretty good, even though it might show if I can get out, you know, and draw and shows that maybe he might be in the backfield, we're, we're just going off of, of what we see.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, if you if you've got the receivers out there and there's any kind of a stagger, um, I I don't mind. I actually set the uh, set their out widest receiver a yard back when he declares he's on the line. I don't want him leaning over and leaning over the football and preventing me from seeing the football, or maybe putting himself in a position where his forward lean puts him in the neutral zone. So I'm happy when he's a yard back and it gives me better. It doesn't give him any advantage to be a yard back. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to trouble trouble with the uh, receivers, not at all. They're not deceiving anybody. Everyone knows they're eligible.
0: So, I mean, that's I agree. We, that's, a, that's a contrast, you know, where, where we're trying to see which formations we should. Maybe we shouldn't. We're going to look at a, a bunch of formations here. In fact, we're going to go to our next formation, and we'll go, we'll go wide on this. We'll go wide on and you'll see what this looks like. So I want you to focus in on this player right here because this is important. We'll talk about this here in a second, but watch what he does. We'll back it up and you'll see he's coming up and he's communicating to the official that he's supposed to be on the line. In fact, he's looking at him asking him, should I be on the line? So that makes it pretty easy for us because now we're going to look at the, the, uh, the backs and it's going to become clear. So you're going to see you know, one, two, three, four. So we're good there. So that's nice and easy for us, but what about you know we're talking about here's our here's our uh, center, and you know is it, that is that tackle really you know breaking the uh, the waist of the center right there you know I'm I'm kind of trying to help him out with my line, but then you have to ask yourself is that tackle legal in his current position. Is this one of those game interrupters? Is this a talk to, you know, unlike maybe our first one where it was clear, this isn't as clear, no man's land, you can't have anybody in no man's land according to rule, but philosophy-wise, do we want to talk to on this one? I'm going to go to Stan. Stan, you, just, you sent this one in. This is from Alabama. You saw, you know, obviously you saw this because you've, you pointed it out. What was your discussion? What was your thought about this tackle? And is this enough or should we have, have flagged this maybe?
3: Well, um, I'm going to go to uh, what I've learned from Bill, um, situation in the game. This was the first quarter, and White was already ahead, 21 to nothing. And so we uh, looked at this as an opportunity to uh, uh, sort of coach or preventive officiate Red a little bit. So we did not flag this, but we did talk about it um, the, with the, the – players we radioed it into each other talked about the players and asked asked the tackle to make sure you get up on the line and we did mention to the coach as well and we also talked about it again at halftime because um, this was the second game of the year so I think the players are still um, navigating where they're supposed to be but um, we use this as a as a talking to
0: Okay, well, that's, there's your line. And especially early on in the game, I love that from a philosophy standpoint of a, of a talk to and trying to get those guys. So that way maybe they won't be flagged for it later in the year. Robert, I see you uh, you're typing away there and you raise raising your hand. What do we got?
1: Yeah, we have uh, viewers that are saying that that would be a game interrupter if we were to throw a flag in that situation. But I think we have a caller again if you yeah, want I'm, to check that out. All right,
0: let's, let's bring in the caller. Let's see, uh, let's see if the caller is on the air. You he should have heard Hello. a beep. Oh yeah, we got you now. I, I did. I heard the beep. <laughs> hey, uh, I believe it's Mar- Marty. Is it you?
4: Yeah, I got back through. I heard. I, I heard you the first time, but you didn't hear me. So yeah, Mike. Uh, glad you took my call here. But um, yeah, we should have got that earlier in the game, if nothing else. And then I liked the uh, the other comment about uh, from Bill about the good guy, bad guy. Because so I was trying to think of ways as an hour I could help. Uh, plays like that, just uh, you know, not let that fall through the cracks. So I like that. Go to I could go to the tackle and say, "Hey, how you next time you got to get on the line." And then if you warn him a couple times and you flag him, then you earned it.
0: Right, I, I I agree with that philosophy. And, and Marty, you were like you said, he was a referee on the first play on the play of the week. So I I do agree with that philosophy of. You know, at some point you are going to have to flag them, but let's try to get this early. And if we can, and play the good cop, bad cop, like like Bill was suggest suggesting, that's the the most ideal way to be a more preventative official on it. And so that way we don't even have to have those game interrupters and those those flags. I'm gonna Marty. I'm gonna put you back in the queue because you. Uh, we might have to come come to you here again here later on. So appreciate you because we got some more we got some more plays uh, coming your way that maybe might might be involved with. But we'll get to that. Let's go back to our next play, our next formation play. Now this is a great one. Okay, we're gonna go wide on it, and I want you to focus in on this on this receiver here. Let me uh, let me draw on this here. Oh, it didn't want to do that. Let's open it up again. Let's see what happens, and we're going to. Alright, let's see what happens. Alright. Unable. Oh. Alright. Hang on. Let's try this. Alright, let's close this one. We'll see if we can't get this one to come up here. Alright. Alright, here it is. Alright, so we'll go wide on this. Alright, so now I want you to focus in on this receiver right here and watch what he does. And then I want we're gonna talk about this. So you know football IQ tells us and here he comes he's going out there football IQ tells us this formation so now look what he does see he puts his hand back there and he's looking at he's looking at the line judge for help now if you look at the formation you've got this official up here who's signaling this player in the backfield which that makes sense you know it's hard we're not looking down the down the the line so we can't 100 percent tell if He's breaking it, but we're going to assume that he is, or he's, he's not in no man's land. We're going to assume that he's clearly a back, but then you've got a tight end here. Okay. So you got a tight end, you got a quarterback and you got a back and a back. So then that puts us with four in the backfield and we've got a tight end on this side. Now you've got a tackle here. I'm sorry, a guard here and then a tackle here. So basic fo- football IQ tells me that this guy right here is supposed to be on the line of scrimmage. That makes, that makes the most sense, but. As I indicated, if you look at what he does, he's indicating that he's he's in the back. He's pointing, he wants to be in the back. And then the line judge gives it, gives it to him. And then if you let, what happens? We've got two flags for an illegal formation because they had five in the backfield. So I'm going to go to Bill, back to Bill on this one. Bill, you know, because, well, before we go to Bill, let's go back to the play. I, I want to point this out, but and then I'll get Bill's comments, because... If you look at his position, if you just look at his position based off of the rule, he's probably legal. He's probably breaking you know, the, the waist with his foot or something or his hand of that player on the end of the line of scrimmage. So his position probably puts him on the line just based off of that alone. But he wants to be a back by indicating to the line judge that he wants to be a back. How far do we go with this, Bill? I mean, we know what football IQ tells us where he's supposed to be. We can be supported by rule based off of his position, but he wants to be a back. So how would you handle that?
4: Uh, this, this particular play, the line judge really put the headlinesman in a trick bag. You know, the, the headlinesman had a right to say his guy was in the backfield. I, I would have I I ignored that this kid, if, if he made the formation legal, and now he's really thinking he should be a back. I'm leaving it alone. You know, so I'd pass on this one. You know, I totally would support on our first play the flag for the illegal formation. Whether you talk to him, didn't talk to him, that's an Ill- illegal formation. But on these types of plays here, there's nothing. I can easily make this guy on the line and then communicate with him, saying, young man, you, if you want to be want to be a back, you, you better move back. But – you know, you uh, you were up on the line this time, and maybe you were lucky you were on the line. But uh, this this is this was not a foul. Uh, I, I'd pass on it. You want when you retire at the end of your career, you want a plaque that says, "I was the number one official for calling illegal formation. You know, I mean. <laughs> That's, that's not what I want to be. Remember, I'm not afraid to call it. I, and believe, don't take me wrong. If it's, if it's there and it's obvious and you have no choice, do it. But don't create them. Don't go out of your way to get them. Manage it. Be a game manager on this. Not not a. Don't be looking to write traffic tickets every time.
0: No, I agree. I, it's just but it's funny when he's telling you, you know, it's like, okay, but when you can put him, I, I agree with you. If I can put him legal, I can ignore that and say exactly what what you would say to the player as well. I would be, you know, you were actually on the line, so if you were supposed to be in the backfield, you weren't, and it ended up helping you this time. Try to communicate that. Robert, I see you typing away over there. This is a great – this is one of those where the guy wants to make himself illegal, but by he's legal just by this position, and we – we, we ended up throwing two flags on this, which I understand why, because if, if you're going like this, you know, you're punching back as an H or you're punching back as an L, you got to go with it in that case. But I think we might have been able to pass on this one.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you, Tim. This, this is important. This is what MIBT is all about. This is why we're meeting on a Wednesday night, folks, uh, so we can align our efforts. Now, we heard from the best practice uh, ESPN expert, Bill Lamagne, share his thoughts of, and wisdom. A lot of viewers would have flagged this receiver because he was indicating he wanted to be off the line of scrimmage. Hey, listen, let's, let's come together and, and, uh, and agree on this principle. And the principle is why throw a flag unnecessarily like Bill had shared. We can easily make him on the line of scrimmage. That's what MIBT wants to do is bring us together align with a, a strong philosophy and feel strong as a, as a group. When we take the field together.
0: Well, and, and I'm going to go to our next play because I'm going to kind of Go into that as as to how far do we go with that? If you know if he's pointing on or pointing back, it does help us to do that preventative officiating. But if in that previous play he was lined up legally, he was lined even if he wanted to be a back, his position on the field made him legal. So I understand that. I understand. Hey, if he's saying he's a back, I'm going to make him a back. Well, football IQ. What Robert said. MIBT. What we're trying to do here. We're trying to expand our knowledge of the game. Looking at a formation, instead of just A, B, C, D, we want to say, well, this is what, well, I've got the tight end over there, and this is what it's supposed to be, a standard I formation. This is what it should be. We're not coaching. That's very important. We're not coaching, but we're, we're putting our mind into the game and saying, yeah, this is where he's supposed to be. He's lined up. I know he wants to be a back. I'm just going to ignore him because where he's at makes him legal, and we're going to have a legal play without a game interrupter, and I may communicate that to him after the play. So, Go to the, let's go to this play. We're going to go wide on this one. Here's a, kind of going in along those lines where if you see on these these receivers up at the top, I want to focus up on these guys up here because you're going to see what they're going to do. And you know, right now we've got a tight end over here. So he's on the line. We've got a quarterback and we've got a back. So that means most likely one of those receivers out there has to be on the line to make this formation legal. So you can see there's some confusion and now this guy right here is pointing to this official that he wants to be on the line he's trying to be on the line it looks like and he doesn't move and you know here's the line of scrimmage and here's where they're lining up i mean we got a good you know x amount of yards so now if we use that same philosophy because if you watch what happens they're all he's got the the head linesman has got the flag He, he chucks that flag into the air so if we use that same philosophy as before saying, Hey, he wanted to make himself, he wanted to make himself a back. This guy wants to put him on the line, but look how far he's back. I mean, he's pointing See if we can get to that point where he's pointing right there. See, he's pointing to be, to try to be on the line, but he's not. Now if we're trying to communicate with him, that's something different. But Robert, you, you said that this is like, we can't have it both ways in this case, right?
1: If, if you breathe as an official, And to not be quick, draw McGraw and just throw your flag up and see that the pass is thrown behind the line of scrimmage. You can get away with this without a flag. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go to go to Mike. Mike, you
0: see you see something like this. And like I said, he's now trying to make himself on the line, but he's clearly in the back. So we can't have a bull. You know, we've got we've got to make him legal.
2: Yeah, but you don't want to do that on the run-up to the snap because the last thing you want is to be waving the guy forward and for him to be moving at the snap, and now you get a false start or an illegal shift or something, you know. So the last thing I want is to move the guy or, or place him. Um, if he says he's on the line of scrimmage, he's lined up that far away, there's any discernible stagger at all, I'm going to declare that formation legal and talk afterwards. Um Honestly, I don't see any kind of advantage gained at all by wide receivers far away from the from the position of the snap. Um, but like you said, it's, it's clearly an ugly formation. I mean, I don't know well, if I'd blame a guy for flagging it. One but one since of he the did call th- out to you and say, I'm on the line, you know, that's probably something I'm going to want to talk to him about after the play that say, listen, I'm giving you the line. It's here.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know if there's enough of a stagger. I mean, there's a stagger with the guy on the outside, but the guy next to him, they're almost, they're almost neck and neck if you, go back, if you go back to the play. So this is a difficult one, but to your, yeah, if you can see, I mean, they're pretty much standing on the same yard line. So that would be, it would be difficult, but I understand it because what's the advantage we're talking to. I think this one needs to be flagged because I think it's, if, when you look at it from, the, from this angle and you see it, it's, it's, it's clear. But let me, to your point, when I work the wing, this is how I communicate You know, because you're right. You don't want to say move up, move up, move up, and then boom. Now, hey, look, he told me to move up, and now it's a false start. I just tell him where they're at. And that's where where we get into this coaching, not coaching. I just tell him where they're at. He looks at me, and he goes like this. I'll go, you're back. You know, look, you are in the backfield. That's all. I just tell him where he's at. And now if he wants to move up on his own because he's supposed to be up on the line, and now he moves up, that's on him. I'm just telling him where he's at. If I have him on the line, I'm going to say, you're on the line. You're on the line, you're a back. Because I have like all three of these guys, when I work in the wing, will come out and they'll come out and just all point at me and I'll just go, you're on the line, you're a back, you're on the line. Then now they know, or whatever. You know, you're know. you on the line, you're a back, you're a back. And if they need to adjust that, they adjust themselves because you make a great point. I don't want to say move up and now, oh, look at the ref. He just, he just, he just has to have a false start there. So, so that's definitely a great point. Robert, you got anything to add on this?
1: Yeah, when I was a ball boy for NIU, I I got to see a lot of wing officials at different levels, whether it be the Big 12, Big 10, et cetera. And a best practice that the wing officials did is they stepped out onto the field with the lead foot and they said, this is the line. And they had a uh, communication direct with those receivers. Let them always know where the line was. So uh, you know that's the best practice that we should have even at the high school levels. Make sure you have a good communication report with those receivers communicating where the line of scrimmage is located. Yeah, I, that's a good way.
0: I look at it, I just tell them where they're at. I mean, I, I don't necessarily say i because there's some guys, I'm the line, you know, that's fine, I just see where you're at. Yeah. This is where you're at. I have you on the line, I have you as a back. And a lot, of, I mean, either way, as long as we communicate that way, that's not coaching, I, in my opinion. That's just telling them where they're at. I'm gonna have uh, Alex over there throw up the, the number again if, they, if people want to call in and have any comments or anything like that. We're getting a lot of good comments in the chat, it sounds like, and on the text, so that's great. And even though we didn't throw the text number up, maybe we'll throw the text number up too. Um, all right, so we're done with formations. How about it? Well, we're going to go to our little nine-yard mark you know, formation discussion now. We're going to go back to the play we had a couple weeks ago, and we're going to show this play, then I'm going to show another play. But let's go wide on this play. Now, we, we hammered this one to death in regards to um, formation. I'm sorry, uh, substitution. But now we're going to talk about the formation side of this. So right now, there are only 10 in the game, okay? So then th- th- we're going to need another player to come in. So here comes our, here comes our player off the sideline. And like I said, we, a lot of you, you remember this play from a couple weeks ago. Here comes our player off the sideline, and he goes to set in the formation. So let's say right now, right now he's set. Now, we know what happens after it because we, we, we hammered it to death with the substitution and the flag and blah, blah, blah. But let's say this is where the place ends, right here. This is where... He stops right there. Now, I want to point something out. Look at this player right here. He's pointing to him. And this player is going to get the word that he might have to go out and cover this guy. So now, my question is Is that, by rule, we read it earlier, he's supposed to get in the numbers after they're ready for play and go back out. If that player is covered now, if he goes out there and defense covers him, are we going to have a foul? Are we going to have a foul for an illegal formation? Stan, I know you know well these are one of those. Another one is this a game interrupter, an illegal formation foul? When it's clear the defense, this rule was put into so the defense doesn't. Or I'm sorry, the offense doesn't do a sleeper player have an unfair advantage. If they don't get that unfair advantage, are you going to call an illegal formation?
3: Yeah, this this is going to be kind of a, a tough situation. I think if if he you know if he makes an effort to get out there to the to the number. Um, you know, he may not clear it totally. Uh, I think we're probably going to uh, play ball. But I actually did have this in a playoff game. It wasn't quite exactly like this, but we had one of those um, substitutions going off the field who didn't come, come off the field and stood over there right next to the uh, uh, coach, and he tried to hide him with all the crowd. So I'm a little gun-shy of, of, of those. Um uh, just from my personal philosophy, but but I think in a in a situation um, like this, unfortunately, I also think that we would have a lot of people just miss this. Um, if he lined up and he got set, uh, they would think, well, he's good to go, and and sort of forget about had, had to go clear the number out.
0: Okay, so Bill, you, you know you see a something like this, and you know this rule they put this in the high school rule. It was in a college rule for a while. You see a play like this and the, that defender goes out and covers them. And, you know, this is how they run this formation. Um, what do you think? Are you, are you going to have a foul here? I tend
4: to leave it alone if the defense covers them. Player isn't going to understand it, but I'd have a word with the coach uh, so that he gets it corrected. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned through my career was the um, referee and the umpire should be the first two people to realize that there's a potential for a sleeper play. Uh, and that's simply because we've counted 10. We communicated it to each other. And where's the 11th player going to come from? He's going to come from the offensive sideline. So I would take that look over the side. Let's, in this case here, say it's the headlinesman side. And if I saw that player standing over there, the headlinesman, you know, nobody around him. One of the things that I did was it happened in a game was I turned to my headlinesman and I yelled, keep an eye on number 85. And my headlinesman looked at me and and all of a sudden 85 came in. It was after a timeout situation. 85 then came into the numbers. And after the play, the the coach said to me, what was that stuff about watching 85? And I said, well, he's got to be inside the numbers, coach. And he said, well, we were coming off a timeout, and he was in the play before. He doesn't have to go inside the numbers. And I said, after a timeout, yes, he does. And I said, basically, what you were doing, coach, is you were pulling a hideout play. And and the coach looked at me, and he goes, no, I wouldn't do that, Bill. I wouldn't do that. And he just had this big grin on his face. But the referee and umpire, particularly the referee, you're in a position that when you count 10, particularly on some situations, a fourth down, they're making it look like it's caught, they or a field goal. And all of a sudden that 11th guy is showing up way over just in bounds over to that wing official side. You know, if your wing official isn't picking it up, just turn and call that kid's number out and yell to your wing official to keep an eye on that kid. And I'll bet the kid changes his position. Yeah.
0: No, it's definitely good to you know try to because we, we want to make them legal. And once again, we're not coaching; we're just saying what we're what we're we're communicating what we're seeing out there. So I'm going to throw hey, it over to Robert because. Let, let me add one quick yeah. thing here,
4: Stan. You guys down the SEC—that that's a bread and butter play down the SEC. <laughs> and it actually. Nearly happened in the national championship game with Auburn and Oregon. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they, they made the adjustment like they were supposed to uh, and that. But uh, it was funny because Chiswick just walked away as soon as I said, Hey, you were trying to pull a hideout play. <laughs> and he just went, Well, oh, that's it. I heard enough. And off he went. The <laughs> discussion was over.
3: Yep. Well, we call it butter and biscuit, not bread and butter down here, so.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, there you go. All right, Robert, I know you got, I heard you typing away. We got some stuff.
1: Yeah, we, we have a lot of viewers' comments, so thank you so much. It's going to be hard to read read all of them, but I do want to begin with one that is a valid question. The question is, when will the uh, National Federation align with the NCAA on the uh, substitute matchups?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, probably it won't happen. You see, the NF... The Federation doesn't like to copy NCA rules unless it's a safety rule. Sometimes they do come around, but that, you might see that start to come into play uh, as these more high-powered offenses, but you're, it's not, I don't think it's on the, uh, uh, I think some of, it's been, some of the states have been suggesting it, but I don't think it's made it up the hierarchy yet. With the, with the implementation of the play clock, the 40-25, that's where you're, you might start to get, it might get more traction then, but you won't see it, you probably won't see it for a while.
1: Um, anything else? There were a lot of viewers that were agreeing that, uh, you know, they, they want to make sure that the defense can match up with, uh, these type of formations. Uh, they don't would prefer not to throw a flag if no advantage is gained. And the only way you can ensure that no advantage is gained is to make sure the defense is aware of what's going on. So a lot of comments related to that.
0: So we're going to go to our our next play here and I'm going to, I'm going to set it up. We'll go, we'll go wide on it. And what we're looking at here is we've got, we'll just count. Um, you, can't, you can't see at the bottom, but it's, it's, uh, we're coming out into the fourth quarter. This is the fourth quarter. We're starting the fourth quarter, and the score is 20-14, so it's still a ball game. You've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So to Bill's point, there are 10, there are 10 players in the formation here, and the ball has been put, put ready for play already. You don't hear that. It's already ready for play. So where's the 11th guy? And that's, that's your, your question right now. Where's the 11th guy? So obviously we don't have the wide shot to see when and all the timing of this. So the 11th guy could have gotten in the numbers and could have, or inside the nines, and gone back. We'll go wide and, and show you what happens on the play. So there you, you see where it is. 12 minutes to go, starting the fourth quarter, and now you've got this receiver wide open. So obviously, you know, this has the, the smells, the feel, of a sleeper play, okay, because how does this guy get you know that far open and nobody's there? You know, the official's right on it, so I'm assu- and I and I, I know the official did know about this and and did the player did get in, but I want to talk about how we, you know, Bill gave his you know, opinion on how to communicate stuff like this when they're obviously trying to have a sleeper play or. You know, they're going to be barely legal because, you, you know, there are rules about you can't use substitutes to deceive. And there's many, been many uh, instances where that happens, where, you know, you know three or two come out, three go off, but one just stopped at the sideline. It was after the ready, but it, were they using the substitute to deceive? Did all 11 players come out after the timeout and now that one player stopped or got in or, you know, so there's, it could get a little squirrely. But when you see somebody that wide open on a play like this, it really does kind of jump out to you as a, a sleeper play. And, I, you know, I want Robert to walk through this a little bit because he was on a game and he knows this was discussed and about what happened. Because it was, you know, we'll say technically legal what, what happened. But I want to talk about what happened so that way we can see if, if maybe this was the right way or the wrong way. Do we handle this different? Robert how did this uh, play out?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm just going to stick to the facts. Yes, I was the back judge on this play, and we're coming out of uh, a quarter intermission, and uh, so we have to go from one end of the field to the next. And uh, as that uh, one-minute uh, intermission expires, get in into formations, and uh, you know I'm reading my keys, and I and I and I see the formation, and obviously it's a pass play for a touchdown, and, it, and I would say within a nanosecond of uh, that reception. I go running up to the wing official, and the wing official confirmed directly to me, yes, he was in uh, at the re- before the ready for play, or after the ready for play whistle was sounded, he was in, made it legal. I said, like, great, that's all I need to know, and uh, we discussed it after the game, and uh, went and did research, and there is uh, an East St. Louis video on YouTube that clearly shows that number seven was inside the nine-yard mark, uh, after the ready-for-play whistle was blown by the referee. So this play was legal by rule. Okay, so it was, it was legal by rule. Um,
0: well, from what I understand, the, the, the headlinesman walked him in and walked him back because he wanted to make it legal. Um, if that's not the case, then that's not the case. But I invite anybody to call in and discuss this because, I mean, we talk about, you know, Bill and I, we were mentioned about how much we want to make this legal. I'm going to go back to Bill, but first let me talk, talk with Mike. Mike, when you're working a wing, you see this. Obviously, it was legal. I mean, the guy got in. Like Robert said, there was another video of it that showed him in, and they just they kind of missed it. But coming out of a timeout, you know, things moving back, back and forth. When does he in? How you know if he lines? If he starts up, lining out up outside, and as an official, I say you got to get in. You got to get in, and he kind of just runs in and just does it on his own, off to the side. Like, how far do we want to go as an official in this case to to like? I do want to like I said, not coaching, trying to just give them some information. How far would you take this?
2: Well, um, you know, to be honest, I, I expect that this is a trick play that they designed to have coming out of a quarter change. And I expect them to run it correctly by rule. And I'm gonna hold them to the rule. As far as saying something to the player, um, I honestly don't know. I guess I'd have to be in that game, in that flow of the game. But uh, if they spring it on me like this, I don't think I would say anything. I think I think if they're running a trick play, they better be correct by rule. And all he has to do is step inside the nines after they're ready for play. And if he does it, I'm, it's fine. But I'm probably not going to help him.
0: No, that uh, trick play, so. that's a, that's a great point. And going to Bill, they come out of the timeout like this, and they're like kind of like what we were talking about earlier. They're going to run. They're going to try to run a sleeper play. And you recognize it. You're the H. You recognize it. And you know what's going on here. And you want do you say anything to them or, because you know what they're doing? Or, I mean, how, how would you handle it?
4: Yeah, I, I'm going to support what our headlinesman has done on them. Um, you know, the other one we had it was a timeout. The team was lining up for a field goal. Umpire and I had 10. Looked over to the headlinesman's side. And my headlinesman was telling this player, you know, you need 80, you need to get inside the numbers. And the kid took, now nobody saw him out there except the headlinesman. So as 80 came into the numbers, it still made him a wide out. But are you going to use a wide out on a field goal attempt, you know? So he get, he got into position there Well, the defense saw him. So the defense went over and, sh- and sent a guy over to cover him. Now he took and he, he shifted in to be a tight end. Because, hey, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll try the field goal. And um, so uh, with that, the the coach took, a, took another time out. And, and when the coach was questioning me about us having this kid move, the center came by me and, and, and said, hey, ref, tell your umpire to get off the ball and because um, I want to snap it. And, you know, with the language he used right in front of the coach, yeah, I just flipped the flag up in the air and I looked at him and I said, young man, as soon as we walk this 15-yard penalty off, you can snap the ball. Of course, it was going to take them out of field goal range and now they had to punt. And the coach looked at me and he said, well, he's not going to be the guy snapping the ball. And he put the kid to keep bench the kid for the rest of the night. But it was a thing of, hey, you know, all my, he wasn't walking them in. He just said, get inside the numbers. You've got to get inside the numbers. And that was it.
0: Yeah, I, I look at this, a, a play like this, where if I know what they're doing, I'm, gonna, I'm probably not going to say anything. I'm going to be in Mike's camp. I'm probably not going to say anything. And I, I'm just going to, you know, I, I might say, hey, you've you got to get inside the numbers. And if he looks at me and he goes, looks at me with a dumbfounded look, I'm like, you've got to get inside the numbers. You weren't inside the numbers. And if he doesn't, then, and they run it, then I'm going to go, yeah, Mike.
2: So then you would have an illegal formation or would you have unsportsmanlike conduct and
0: why? So that's a, good, that's a good one. By rule, we have an illegal formation, but could we elevate this to an unsportsmanlike act? I think in this case, because he's out, it's not, I mean, I know it's coming out of a quarter. It's kind of a, I didn't think they took out, you know, like they didn't send two out or two to go substitute and three came out and was clearly designed you know in that way to use a substitute this was just I stopped at this you know I came out of the timeout we all came out and I just stopped I probably would go with an illegal formation on this one and look at the coach and say hey you just you just got lucky you know I went nice on you cuz I cuz it's right it's borderline but but I would communicate to the player I wouldn't walk I would just say hey you're you need to get in you need to get in and if he doesn't then he doesn't and kind of like kind of like what uh, what Bill was saying you know, then then we, if we got to call it, we, we got to call it. So um, we're going to wrap this up real quick uh, with uh, Robert. Robert, okay. any last minute comments on this?
1: Yeah, actually, there are, there are a lot of comments. Uh, one one viewer is bringing up a good point. You know, we, we did have a, a whistle with the ready for play because we were coming out of a quarter and we had a 25 second play clock. But in certain situations, we could have it in a series where it's a 40-second play clock without a referee whistle. So, yes, you do need to be mindful of that. Thank you, viewer, for bringing that to our attention. Well,
0: here's the other thing. You know, that game, that was a TV, TV timeout. And so high school kids aren't used to TV timeouts. And so they're just thinking, they're looking at what they got. And it's still, like I said, the onus is a little bit on the defense because they should be scanning the field. But ultimately, if somebody lines up out there coming out of the timeout, I'm, not, I'm just going to communicate. Just say, hey, you need to get in. I'm not going to walk him in. I'm not going to make a big, try to make a big spectacle. I'm just going to tell him what he needs to do. If he doesn't do it, it's on him. And if, like kind of what Bill said, if the coach or the kid or whatever, then we end up going down another road. I, to Mike's point, I'm not going UNS on this. On this play, specifically like that, but there are times where it could elevate to a UNS if they're trying to you know, unfair act, deceive, that type of stuff. So great discussion tonight on all the stuff. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Let's go uh, to the play of the week for, uh, for this week. So now it's time for mmetownline.com play of the week for this week, September 9th. So here's the play. We're going to go wide on it. And it is a scrimmage kick situation. So I want you to focus in on the scrimmage kick, the punt. We're setting up for a punt. Oh, bad snap, and now it's kicked there. Okay, what happens? All right, we see ball's recovered. Okay, we'll play it one more time. Here, it, we're gonna see it once again. You're gonna see it's a, a, an attempted scrimmage kick, bad snap, ball is then kicked out a flag and then recovered by team B. Okay, so here are our options, or here are, here's the question for the play of the week. So this is obviously an illegal kick that we're not going to discuss that one, but on this illegal kick, which choice is not available to the defense, defensive team? OK? Safety? Touchdown. Enforce a penalty on the try or kickoff, or the defensive team has all three options available. So they can take any of those three. So that is the question for this week. Once again, is this a safety, a touchdown? enforce this penalty on the try or the kickoff, or the defensive team can choose any one of the three. Otherwise, which one is not uh, a, an available option for the defensive team, for the uh, receiving team, or because they weren't technically the receiving team, but they didn't have a legal kick. So they're still Team B in this play, and so we'll discuss this next week. But before we do that, I want to say Bill uh, look, uh, Bill uh, Kins, Kinsler, Kinsner, you won the drawing for this week, so you're going to get a, a t-shirt coming your way plus the 2019 Bill Omane's Best Practices of High School Football fishing. so congratulations. Anybody else who's waiting, it's all going to be coming to you this week, so we had a couple winners from the, I think Tom Pelletier won last week and the week before, I think we had uh, Joe, and so all this stuff's coming, so uh, congratulations on winning. Please continue to comment. We're doing random drawings to see who's going to win, and uh, we appreciate everybody's, participation. Um, I'm going to end this right now. We're going to go back. Oh, by the way, this is how you participate. I, forget, I forgot to put that up. Um, you can participate with this by going to Officially Speak, or you can email me, tim at mibtmedia.com, if you would like to uh, comment or the, the poll will be on Twitter. So now we're going to go back uh, to, let's see if we got anybody on the phone lines. So we'll throw the phone lines up real quick if anybody wants to jump in and we'll we'll give everybody. a a chance to uh, to kind of do what they're going to do. Um, I want to run back to uh, to Bill real quick. Bill, you know, a lot of times there's this, this whole and we've talked about this before on, on you know a few months ago, but the whole thing about whether people should play football or not. You know, obviously they're playing in Alabama, and there was an article we might talk about this on the Pell report this week about there's been a thousand football games, and there's been nobody. Who has gotten it uh, apparently reported from a high school football game? You know, as a, high, as, as a school administrator, there's a, this has become a, a political football, kind of, so to speak, but the pressure is mounting. There have been ra- rallies with, with parents and with, with players and stuff like that. Would you feel that pressure as an administrator if you had like, everybody knocking out your door saying, hey, you, we need to play football?
4: Uh, no question about it. Uh, school administrators, I'm glad I'm retired. Uh, I wouldn't want to be dealing with the differences of opinion within the community about whether we're having school or online school. I wouldn't want to have the debates about about if we're uh, going to have fl- sports or not. Uh, the board's going to have split views. Uh, it, it's, it's just tough. And again, I could have as an administrator, I could have my own feelings on it and try and do some convincing. But the bottom line to it is those are decisions that are going to be made uh, by a board of education. So uh, if they're given the latitude to do that. So tough spot to be in. Um, You know, just real quickly back to to the hideout play situations. are, You know, every one of these is happening on the side of the the, where the offense is. You know, it's coming from their sideline. I want to see a team pull a hideout play and then I won't flag it. I want to see him do it by putting the guy over on the other sideline outside yeah. the numbers. You know, if you can pull that one off, you know, <laughs> you do it to your side because you're, you're hoping they don't see this guy, you know. So, you know, it, and it's 15 yards. It's an unsportsmanlike conduct, you know. As a matter of fact, I think it's, it might even, at least in a college game, it's most advantageous spot uh, on, the, on the foul the, at the referee's discretion. You know, the other just quick point I want to make, and it's not to cause confusion, but maybe clarity for me. The slide said an illegal kick. Are we talking about an illegal kick or illegal kicking of a loose ball? Because in the college game, and you educate me on the high school, in the college game, there are two different things illegal kicking of a loose ball is one thing, and illegal kick is if I cross the line of scrimmage and kick the ball, or,
0: you know, uh,
4: you know, type thing. So is this in high school, is this an illegal kick or is it illegal kicking of a loose ball?
0: Well, it's, it's illegal kicking of, of, of a loose ball, which constitutes a, an illegal kick, but no. <laughs> no I, <laughs> <laughs> so as, now high school isn't as, as, as clear as specific. I understand what the college game, but it, but the penalty enforcement, the, the fel- penalty enforcement options are kicking in illegal legal kicking of a loose ball the penalty enforcement options are are going to be what, what one of what we said or maybe none or all or whatever that's the whole question of the week hey you rec- do you recognize the super bowl shuffle huh you remember remember those days right do you like my dance moves i do remember the super bowl shuffle yeah
4: huh. and when i saw you doing it earlier I almost turned the video and, and muted. <laughs> take it <laughs> uh, All
0: right. Well, no one's calling in, so we're going to call it a night. But I want to thank everybody for watching. Bill LeMagne, thank you for being here. I saw Mike. Mike. We'll bring Mike up. Mike. Mike Billica. Uh, there he comes. Here comes Mike. Mike, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Mike is, you know, from Connecticut. Thank you. And then now we're going to bring up Stan. Stan. I saw you laughing there. You like the Super Bowl shuffle. Come on. Come on, man. You did, didn't you? Yeah. I Hey, listen, uh,
3: I'm a disco kid, man. Anytime. <laughs> I'm all about it.
0: All right. And then Robert. We're gonna Robert's gonna call it a night. Hey, Alex is over there. Alex, did you like the Super Bowl shuffle? Alex is probably like, what the heck is the Super Bowl shuffle? <laughs>
2: I love the Super Bowl uh, shuffle, <laughs> shuffle.
0: Exactly, that's exactly it. So I want to thank Alex. Thank everybody for watching. We'll be back next week here at MIBTOnline.com. Uh, thanks for being a member. We get the word out. Appreciate it. One last thing, <laughs> On Demand, if you go to On Demand on the website, it's, you already have access as a member to all that stuff. It's just, we're trying to let other people uh, get access if they want to just kind of do a pay-per-view thing. I think we're going to try to change on the website to where the on-demand page might go and, and you might have access to those individual clips, but you already do. They're already on, it's on the best of the practices video from 2020. So all those clips you see on demand, just go to the 2020 video, which you have access to, and you'll be able to get those clips. So until next week, I'm Tim Kiefer and have a great week. Be safe, everybody. And so long. Good night thanks for listening to the mibtonline.com podcast. Join today at mibtonline.com. We'll catch you next time.